Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Comic Book Commute podcast. This is the podcast you listen to on your commute during my commute. I'm Vian Campos. So let's get on the road. It's been a long day, and I am heading off of uh, my one of my day jobs. I just wrapped up my class. I, I'm a I'm an instructor, and I just wrapped up my class. I'm heading back home, and so let's talk about comics on the road during my commute, which is a very easy one at the moment since it's 9:41 p.m. And the five is very sedate at this point. What I want to talk about is a question uh, that I get asked about how do you start collecting comics? So I have some opinions on uh, getting into comics and I'm happy to share them. So one of the big things you have to decide early on is Do you want to read comics? Do you want to collect comics? Or do you want to do both? Because reading comics is super easy, of course. Um, I'll go into those details in a moment. But reading comics is simply picking some some books and and reading them. And what I mean by that is uh, getting into comics more for the stories and the art and such. Whereas collecting comics could be mutually exclusive of reading comics in that you are buying comic books as an investment to then perhaps make a profit off of them. You buy a book for $3 now and maybe at some point it's worth $10. And if you sell it, that's a profit. Well, oftentimes when you collect books, you probably are not going to read them because simply reading them and handling and such could decrease their value. So the hybrid of the two is reading and collecting comics. Now, again, you have to be careful because as you handle your comics, they could decrease in value. Let's say those are your three options. Are you going to be a comic reader, a comic collector, or somewhere in the middle, a comic reader collector, I suppose. Let's say you're going to be a comic reader. So now you have to decide what kind of stories do you want to read? Because comics are the modern form of literature. They are stories. They could be fiction, non-fiction, fantastical, realistic. There could be many genres of comics just like there are genres of novels, of, uh, of other works, of other forms of the written word. And so you have to decide on a genre. Let's just pick out a few random ones. We've got, of course, the superhero genre also known as the capes and cowls genre. This has got uh, many classic titles to choose from. Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Wonder Woman, Harley Quinn, Catwoman. Lots and lots and lots of titles related to superheroes, which of course are villains or heroes. But that genre of comic is often epic storylines with with dire circumstances and even within the superhero genre you have a variety of sub-genres because you could have again these classic characters like Spider-Man, you could have modern characters like Faith, you could have 
funny superhero books like the unbeatable squirrel girl you could have serious ones like batman you can have you ha- you can have genre bending superhero books like plutona but this t- style of, of genre is uh, can be very fantastical in a great escape another genre of book you could say funny animals uh, which are uh, another variation are furry comics so let's say funny animals these are your classic Donald Duck comics, Mickey Mouse, various uh, other furry comics like Furlough, and a lot of independent books. Within the funny animal comics, they usually focus on funny stories, short stories, long stories, famous cartoon characters, not so famous. To some degree, I would also lump in the the licensed books like Adventure Time, uh, Clarence, what, what else do we have? Steven Universe, Samurai Jack, not literally animals, of course. How could you parse those? You could call them just cartoon comics. These are comics, the ones that I listed are based on existing properties from Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, etc. Maybe unique properties also like Capture Creatures. But these are the kinds of comics that are oftentimes very fun, very whimsical. There could be drama in them as well. But that's another genre that you could be reading. So you have these various genres and it goes on and on. But let's say instead you want to be a comic book collector. That kind of person is interested in keeping up to date with the trends of, uh, of comic books in the hopes of finding valuable comics. Now, the most valuable comics come from a, a confluence of factors. The age of the comic, the rarity of the comic, and the content of the comic. Oh, also the quality of the comic. So let's take, for example, one of the most valuable comics of all. This is Action Comics number one, published in uh, 1938, I believe. So it's got the age factor down pat. This is 1938, so it's decades old. It's got the scarcity factor. There are not a lot of these comics that exist anymore. There were whatever amount of them printed, let's say 10,000, let's say 100,000, whatever amount. There are those number of comics that exist, and you have one or you don't. You can get one or you can't. Then you've got the quality of the book. If you have an Action Comics number one that is rated a 9.9, 9.8 on the various grading scales, that's a much more valuable comic than the exact same one rated at 5.2. So you have uh, three major rating systems. You've got CGC, uh, I think then CBCS, and PGX. These rating systems give you from basically from 0.5 up to 10.0 of the quality of the comic, the higher the better. Finally, 
you've got the content of the comic a uh, Spider-Man comic that introduces a valuable memorable character is more interesting more valuable than a than a Spider-Man comic that is just another run-of-the-mill story so for example Amazing Spider-Man number 300 from 1988 is not that old. It's about to be 30 years old, which in the grand scheme of things is not that old. You have comics that are 75 years old, maybe even 80 years old, older. But this is about 30 years old. It's a Spider-Man comic. And that one features the first appearance of Venom. The first full appearance of Venom, one of Spider-Man's most beloved villains. That is a valuable comic. It's more valuable than Amazing Spider-Man 301 and 299. They're all from the same year. They may all be rated 9.8. They're all, they all, they've all got a great quality, same age, same scarcity, but the value goes because of Venom. So if you're gonna be a collector, you have to have all of these factors in mind. And if you're gonna be the hybrid, reader collector well you're going to choose your genres you're going to choose what you are interested in reading and then be on the lookout for key issues is it a number one of a, of a new series number ones are often very valuable number 25 or number 50 could be valuable it shows longevity in a comic you're going to look for key va key issues that introduce a character all the while reading and enjoying the stories while keeping your comics safe, stored well, you want to keep them in the protective bags, put a backing board to keep them nice and nice and stiff. You want to keep them away from the light, dampness and humidity. So that's going to be somewhere in the middle. Choose a genre, read the books, keep them safe, look for keys, and that and then you're another kind of collector there, another kind of reader. So getting into comics, you have to decide what kind you're going to be. Another factor of being a comic reader is, are you going to be a, uh, a print reader or a digital reader? They both have their pros and cons. If you are a print reader, you're going to be accumulating stuff. You're going to be accumulating paper with ink and staples. And that takes up space. One comic by itself. So the latest issue of Paper Girls is not going to take up a lot of space. It'll be printed in the usual, oh, what's the modern dimension? Like eight and a half by uh, 11 or something. I, I forget the size. No, it's, it's five and a half by eight and a half, something like that. It's going to take up space. And as you read these stories, rather than either if you're a reader or a collector, it's going to take up space. So you're probably going to put them in a comic box and you have to decide to use the short box or the long box. Short box holds, I don't know, about 100 comics. Long box holds double, 200, 250 or so. So if you're a print reader, you have the downside of you have physical things to store. The upside is those are the comics that are going to be worth something. Your copy, your digital copy of Batman number one is not worth anything except the 99 cents or whatever that you paid for it, the 2.99. It's not gonna increase in value or decrease. It's a digital artifact. It doesn't have that kind of value. 
you have to have the physical comics if you're going to be a collector. But if you're going to be a reader, you might want to heavily think about getting digital comics. They don't take up any space. They're stored in some online account, which for all intents and purposes has infinite space. You can read them on your phone, on your tablet, on your desktop or laptop. You can take your comics with you wherever you are. You don't have to worry about them getting damaged, the dog eating them, that sort of thing. The downside, of course, is they, they have no extra value. If you're going to be a print reader, you might decide on getting the what the business calls as floppies or the individual issues. Let's say I go off to my local comic shop and I want to pick up Hip Hop Family Tree. This is a great series about the history of hip hop in America, the great American art form of rap and hip hop. Ed Piscor does a great job of chronicling the birth of of rap in the East Coast in the mid to late 70s, the rise of West Coast hip-hop, and then the eventual taking over of American culture of that art form. He does a great job being pretty historically accurate, pulling in so many great sources, and creating basically a history lesson on this genre in comics format. So you have to decide. Are you going to read those in print or digital? If I'm going to go print, I need to come back every month. Digital and print comics are usually published once a month, various, in various weeks of the month. And I'm gonna get issue number one and then come back a month later and get number two, number three. I'm gonna get the single issues. I'm gonna get the floppy. They're called floppies because in contrast, you could decide instead to read trade paperbacks, the trades. You can read the trades, you can read the TPBs trade paperbacks. And they're called floppies because individual issues are floppy. They, you need that backing board if you want to protect them. Whereas trades usually collect four to six issues of a story and therefore you can read the whole thing in one sitting. They're rigid, uh, they're more expensive up front but actually not as expensive, perhaps, as the floppies. You might get a floppy for $2.99, $3.99, $4.99 or so, and you build up five or six of them. Let's say four times six, that's $24. You spend six months waiting to buy each of the floppies. It costs you about $24. You instead get the trade, and it's got all six issues, and that might be $14.99, $16.99 still cheaper than the individual issues. They take up less space. They're a self-contained story, which you can enjoy all at once because another downside of the floppies is you have to wait month to month for the new issue. Sometimes comics are published bi-weekly, so one every other week. You'll get two comics per month, but still you're waiting. You still have to wait for the trade in that it accumulates you have to wait for it to accumulate all of those four to six issues before they publish. But the modern comic market seems to be skewing more toward trades. The comic shops that I visit, they do a lot of business with trades. You wanna collect all of those stories. Now I do have to give a caveat also from 
my contacts in the comic industry, it's sort of like a chicken or the egg. Do you want to buy the floppies and wait? Or do you want to buy the trades, but you still have to wait? And a lot of times, if there are not enough stories to accumulate to put into a trade, there's no trade ever. The, the series might get canceled and you never get to the trade paperback. So I personally like to read and collect the individual issues because I myself am more of the hybrid comic fan. I like to read the stories, but I also like to collect the books. And I've got a good collection of comics that are not worth that much and comics that are worth a good amount because I read them, I store them, and I hold on to them, and they're worth something. That aforementioned Amazing Spider-Man number 300, I have a copy of that. I have a copy of uh, Marvel Secret Wars number 8. This is the 1984 Secret Wars, not the 2015 one. So the 30-year-old, the 32-year-old copy of Secret Wars, not the one-year-old one, that one's worth a good amount. I, I have it. I found it at a thrift store. I have it in good condition. I take care of it. It's valuable. $30, $40 or more. $50, it depends. But the point is, if you're collecting floppies, that's how you also then accumulate value to things. The trades usually are not as valuable. Usually they're just face value. Unless, of course, they fall into the other quadrants. Scarcity, uh, age, quality, and content. So if you pick up one of the first graphic novels, A Contract with God, uh, Will Eisner's seminal graphic novel, one of the first graphic novels, which is an early form of a trade paperback, that's valuable because it collected a long story, but it's also older. It's from, I believe, about 1978, 77. And as you're deciding what, how you're gonna start collecting comics, another consideration is, are you going to be communal or not? Are you going to read and or collect comics on your own, solitary? Are you going to be friends with people in the real world or the digital world? Are you going to join message boards, uh, read comic websites, and participate? They're both, they're both perfectly viable, of course. For a long time, I was a solo comic reader. I didn't really know that many other people that read comics. If you read up on the history of comics, they often have not gotten the best representation. They haven't been held in the best esteem. But comics, good comics, are good for the individual or they're good in society. There are comics out there that are art, that are literature. Saga is often held up high as a great work in, in the world of comics. Very valuable to read. Who's the team behind that? Uh, Staples and I'm blanking on the name, uh, but Saga. We've got Mouse by Art Spiegelman that um, is a is a is a is an amazing series that really has elevated comics as well. 
And so what I'm getting at is nowadays, be communal, be social with your comic collecting. Uh, turn other people onto comics. Tell them, oh, have you read the latest Afterlife with Archie? It's great. It's about the zombie apocalypse in the world of Archie comics. Yes, that is a real comic, of course. Look it up. It's great. Or go back and watch my other podcast about it. Uh, tell people about, you've got to read uh, Batman the Killing Joke. It's this amazing work that interprets Batman and the Joker's relationship in a very dark way. Or share with people, you, you watch a regular show? Well, read the comic. You like Rick and Morty? Uh, the season is over? Well, they're publishing a monthly Rick and Morty. Two or three new stories every month about Rick and Morty. Check these out. So basically, spread the word of comics. Be communal about it. Don't just be solitary. Well, if you don't want to interact with real people, you can, of course, interact with virtual people. Get on discussion boards. Get on message uh, get, get into the messages of comics. There's so many uh, places where you can comment. You can comment on the Marvel and DC websites. But why not go off onto these other websites that are all about comics? You can go over to sketched.com. That's S-K-T-C-H-D.com. Sketched.com. Keep up to date with comics. Comment and chat. Uh, you can go off to my uh, website about comics. It's vmcampos.com slash blog. Talk about all I talk all about comics there, so comment there. Um, get communal. You can get on Twitter. You can follow all your favorite creators on Twitter. Uh, interact with them. I recently had a nice uh, uh, interaction with um, with Kate Leth, who is the the writer on uh, on on Marvel's Patsy Walker, aka Hellcat. Uh, I actually am followed by Robert Hack. Uh, who was the artist on uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, another great horror book. So get online, get social, or meet people in real life. When you go to the comic shop, talk with the, with the person behind the counter. Uh, pick their brain, what's cool, what's new, what's different. Talk to someone else in the shop and see what they're reading. So getting into comics is a really cool, fun thing. Decide about being a reader or a collector. Decide on real or virtual comics. Decide on singles or floppies. Decide to be communal or solitary. But just get into comics. Share this podcast. Uh, tell more people about it. And let's get more people interested in comics. Because Iron Man is not just a movie star. Superman is not just... Uh, fighting Batman in the movies. There's a whole world of comics out there of those characters and many you've never heard of and many that you'll love if you just look beyond the main genres of comics. Did I miss anything? Uh, leave a comment. If, I, if you have any uh, opinions about reading and collecting comments and, and share. I reached the end of my commute. So this has been VM Campos for the Comic Book Commute podcast. Drive safe and see you next time.